over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Over 30 years of advice, almost 50 years of experience. Been building and remodeling here in Arizona since 1972, the year I got my driver's license. Welcome to Rosie on the House. It's every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We're here to inform, protect, and entertain you on each and every topic having to do with maintaining, repairing, or remodeling your house, home, castle, or cabin. We're voted Arizona's number one homeowner resource and contractor referral director for Fort Directory for 14 years running. Don't even think about touching your house until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. And you do that. We have cleared the phone lines so you can get in now, talk to my wife, sweet Jennifer, and we'll get you on air as quick as we can with your question and answer. The number, toll-free number, wherever you are in Arizona, is one 767 4348 Allow my team, my son, co-host Romy, my wife and call screener, sweet Jennifer, my board engineer, Gary D. Allow the team the privilege of putting our building and remodeling experience to work for you. one 767 4348. What are you trying to get done this weekend? Where are you in the great state of Arizona? The broadcast covers the state and we cover 30 years of experience. Wherever you are and whatever you're trying to get done, we've probably tried it once or twice in your neighborhood already. And we can put that experience to work to make your project a little bit easier. So, and if we have it, we probably know somebody you can talk to that'll help you out. one 767 4348 do have a couple email questions for you while waiting for the phones to load up here. I see a couple calls coming in. Okay. Um, so there's a customer, a homeowner rather, who is a customer of SRP, and they're super cool, and they're leaving for, for a six-day vacation. Should they do okay. anything differently? No, 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 not for six days. Just leave it alone. Okay. Uh, you, you'll spend less money super cooling than you will turning the thermostat up to 80 and, and locking the house. Just for six days, don't change a thing. Okay. And this uh, lady has emailed us a couple of times, um, but we haven't been able to get back to her. She lives in the Biltmore area, and she needs an, uh, she has like an original doorknob on a house that was built in 1979. Oh, boy. Okay. So she's looking for a locksmith. So I just wanted to sh- give a shout-out to um, North Valley Locksmith. Yeah. And let her know she can call them at 480-688-9335. Yeah, we just had Dave completely re-key a house uh, right, right just a couple blocks away from there, right about 48th Street and uh, Lincoln. Uh, one of the oldest homes built in Paradise Valley was built in 1928. And Dave just went in there and rekeyed the whole house. Perfect. New, new doorknobs, new locks, everything. I got to call Dave. We need a, uh, I need to buy another safe. I like the brand that he represents. So Dave at North Valley, locksmith. Make sure she gets their number and see if we can't get them taken care of. Just one of the many contractors at rosieonthehouse.com. If you need a professional service provider, we've got... Uh, a list of guys. They're all licensed, bonded, insured, and been in business locally for five years. Can I, can I share with the listeners 
what I shared with everyone at the Roth Mixer. You may be asking yourself, what's the difference between all the contractor directory services? Because uh, we were the first, I'll tell you that. No one had a contractor referral directory before we did, not even Angie. We've been doing it longer than anybody, okay? Uh, so what makes the difference? I can tell you what makes the difference. At Rosie on the House, we only service Arizona. And throughout the state of Arizona, we have 100 to 120 approved certified Rosie contractors service providers, okay? In that group, they complete, and I'm still doing the math, okay? But it looks to me, when I finish interviewing everybody and talking to everyone, it looks to me like the Rosie on the House team of certified partners successfully completes about $400 million of maintenance, repair, replace, and service on Arizona homes. Four. Hundred, How many service tickets is that? How many different homes is that? It's exactly half what it needs to be because we keep getting stories about all of you being cheated and robbed by other contractors. So 400, and, and I'm, 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 I don't have that as gospel yet. I'm, I'm running the math, but I still have about another 15 to talk to, and I'm really close to that number. So I'll know here in the next week or two how much my team of Rosie certified contractors took care of. And the amazing thing is you look through all those contractors and you can't find them on the complaint sheet at the Better Business Bureau. You can't find them on the complaint sheet at the Registrar of Contractors. $400 million worth of work being done Rosie Wright. You're only going to find that at rosieonthehouse.com. Let's bring Misty into the conversation, see how we can help her this beautiful Saturday morning calling in from Mesa. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Line two. We're talking about, sounds like we're doing some yard projects. Good morning, Misty. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I was wondering, we have um, a pretty large grassy front and backyard, but there are two areas that we want to convert to desert landscaping. What's the best and easiest way to do that without driving my husband crazy? <laughs> well, the first thing you want to do, if it's Bermuda grass, it's a very hardy uh, weed, for lack of a better term. So you're going to want to kill that off, and now's a great time to do it. With all this rain, it's probably as healthy as it's been in a long time. And when it's healthy, it's absorbing a lot, and that's a great opportunity to hit it with a weed killer so it kills it systematically all the way down to the roots which uh, a lot of applications don't it's just a topical uh, topical treatment and the roots come back the next season uh, so make sure you, you get something uh, that's a systemic <laughs> weed killer and get it dead all the way down to the root and then at that point you know what are you going to go back on top with you've got a lot of great uh, places you can go look at different uh, desert landscapes, the botanical gardens, uh, stuff like that to take pictures, get ideas on what you want your yard to look like. And you said you were in Mesa. There is uh, rebates that you can get on specific 
hardscapes that you can uh, get if you go from a lawn to a hardscape transition. So, you know, you've got an opportunity to even save a little money through the city of Mesa while you're doing that. And you would just go to their mesaaz.gov and look for that, that water rebate landscape conversion program. And we've got a clip here. August was water month, and we've got a few uh, additional clips from a 40-minute interview we had with Senator Cena Kerr uh, on this new Arizona legislation on the billion dollars that's going to get spent over the next few years uh, for Arizona's water infrastructure. If you were going to be presenting, you know, and, and your background for anybody that's not familiar, you know, y'all have been in the agricultural business, have the family uh, dairy, Kerr Dairy out in Buckeye. That's, so, I mean, y'all have been involved in water use for part of the agricultural community. If you were in charge of that purse, what three areas would you be looking at? Do you have in your mind uh, where, where the biggest bang for our buck category-wise should be? Well, you know, you're, you're talking to a farmer, so <laughs> of course for me, uh, always a priority for our state is that we work as hard as we can to preserve uh, our agriculture industry. We have an incredibly robust industry. We put food on everyone's table. It's important that we have a, a local abundant supply of food. We also have a, a national presence as well. A part of my district, I represent Yuma, Yuma County, and from November to March, Yuma County produces 90% of the leafy greens consumed in the nation. So it's critically important, and it has a national consequence uh, that we we make sure that our farmers keep farming. Uh, they've done an incredible job with water efficiency. We've had to. We've always looked at that and know probably more than, than most how critical uh, our water is. And so... We always work on uh, the latest technologies, which help us be more efficient, which lead to using less water, even less land. Are there any standout instances or, or inventions that y'all have implemented that, that, that stick out in your mind over the course of y'all's farming career? One of the biggest things for us, of course, is you know making sure every field is laser leveled. Um, we flood irrigate because we grow alfalfa, we grow sorghum silages, um, ryegrass, oats, different things. All and things to feed the all cattle. things to feed the cows, <laughs> and so you know that water is a huge expense to us. So we want to make sure it is as efficient as we can be. So make sure ditches are lined. Fields are, are lasered, but there's some great, exciting technologies coming out. We've been using, I say we in Arizona, subsurface irrigation uh, for many years. Our farmers in Pinal County are some of the most uh, efficient users of water. And so they've been using it for many years. But as technologies roll out, it, it gets just really exciting of how much more water we can use. There's a company out there that... It's called Indrip. They've got just amazing technology. I look to see that being utilized by farmers where they can. There was even a separate bill that we passed this session, $30 million, towards irrigation efficiencies. Irrigation efficient technology that takes a farmer from flood irrigation to, you know, more subsurface type of, of irrigation. And you can hear that entire 40-minute interview at rosieonthehouse.com. Go to our blog under Water Conservation Solution Ideas and Concepts on Arizona's Water Supply. And we're keeping that updated uh, as the WIFA board selected and then the 
concept uh, presentation to the WIFA board on where this billion dollars will get spent for Arizona Water's resources. And you can take our listener survey. What would you do if you can control that billion dollars? And we'll cover it on September 17th when Water Use It Wisely joins us in studio. Working 7 to 3, 3 to 11, 11 to 7. I'm talking about a bunch of sheep. Yeah, on the weekends, it shifts between the commercial breaks. I don't even know the schedule for football. I haven't even looked at it. I kind of forgot all about it. <laughs> but it's on. You walk out in the studio, well, like it, half baby. the TV's out there. That's football right. On them. <laughs> Favorite time of year, the fall. And if you're heading north, uh, find a better way other than 17 right now. North of New River, there's like an 11-mile backup. Oh. So take a, oh. Oh. take a scenic route. Go up Beeline <laughs> Highway 87 or go over to... Uh, the Yarnell Hill and find, find or, or 93 up to Ash Fork. There's a lot of ways around. It might take you longer, but what would you rather be moving or sitting in an 11-mile backup? At 110. Yeah. <laughs> or just oh. go visit the Grand Canyon. You're that close. Oh, I mean, come on. man, oh, man, oh, <laughs> find man. Find another way around. Well, callers lined up here. Let's get to them. Diego's first on the line. Wants to talk about kitchen remodeling. Oh, boy. Big project. Diego, good morning. Hello. How you doing? Great. What are you up to, my friend? I just had a question about a possible uh, referrals for contractors. I, uh, Me and uh, my wife took a – we refinanced last year and took a little bit of money out. And uh, – just to expand our kitchen. Okay. Because uh, it, the kitchen's a little outdated. It's from 1977. It's, it's kind of too small. And we want to expand outward. So it's obviously at a square footage. And uh, we had a contract. I had someone uh, refer to me a contractor. And uh, they went over and looked at the house. and But they never got back to me. So... Now I'm kind of yeah, wondering gonna, if I should. Diego, you're, you're going to find that pretty common right now. Um, and let me, let me just tell you, on our website, rosyonhouse.com, we have a spreadsheet on helping you and your wife determine a budget for what it's going to cost to remodel that kitchen. When we meet a client that's interested in remodeling the kitchen, we tell them, look, we're going to come to a budget by averaging three different numbers. We're going to come to your house and listen to what your wife wants in the way of a cabinet package. And we're going to be able to, in our heart, say, okay, that's probably a $15,000 cabinet package based on the experience of the thousands of kitchens we've done. Whatever you spend on the cabinet package, the kitchen is going to cost you five to six times that. So you take the $15,000 cabinet package, Multiply it times five to six, and you're going to end up with a range of what the whole kitchen is going to cost. Now, that's if we're completely demolishing the kitchen, starting with the floor, the cabinets, the countertops. We're putting in new lighting. We're putting in new ventilation. We're putting in new good-grade 
cabinets. We're, we're assuming a level of finishes at that price. So the cabinet package times five. Let's just say times five, okay? The other thing we do is we tell people, take a look at the county assessor's uh, webpage and plug in your, go to maps and plug in your address. And it will give you what they have as the assessed value and the full cash value. I can, or go, or go to one of the real estate websites and see what your house is currently worth. We tell people, generally speaking, you're going to spend about 20 to 25% of your home's value on a new kitchen. Again, I'm talking about redoing everything. Gut it and all new. That's new lighting, new ventilation, new air conditioning, ductwork, new everything. So there's the two ways to do it. The third way is take the square footage of what you want the kitchen area to be. I hope you're sitting down. Because if you're not, this will make you fall down. You multiply the square footage of your kitchen area by $600. A kitchen remodel is generally about $600 a square foot. Okay? So you're going to end up with three numbers using those three different techniques. Just add them together and average them. And that's going to be about the budget you need to completely gut and renovate a kitchen in today's level of finishes that are generally considered acceptable. Um, so you're not, you're not talking about plastic laminate countertops. You're, you know, you're talking about granite or quartz. Um, you're talking about an upgraded cabinet package uh, with pull-out shelves, maybe some under-cabinet lighting to light up your work area, some new lighting in the overall general area of the kitchen, and never put one light above the kitchen sink. Always put two lights above the kitchen sink, spread by about two feet apart, or you're going to have that big faucet, and every time you're trying to clean something, one light above the kitchen sink is going to cast a shadow on exactly what it is you're trying to clean. It absolutely drives people nuts. So there's a couple tips right there. Three ways to develop a range or a budget. As far as how to select a contractor, when you're out there shopping appliances, or you can go to roseonthehouse.com, ask the appliance wholesalers who they trust, who pays their bills. Who's been in business a long time? Bill wants to talk insulation. Stephanie wants to talk about weeds. And there's a line for you, one 767 4348 Oh, yeah. Sanderson Ford is absolutely hitting it out of the park with Grand Slam Labor Day deals. Get 0% financing for 66 months on a new 2022 F-150 truck, Escape, Edge, or Explorer. Or order your new Ford your way and get 2.9 financing plus $1,000 cash back on a 2023 F-150 or Ranger truck, Edge, Explorer, or Expedition. Sanderson Ford has inventory for this Grand Slam Labor Day sale event. More new vehicles arriving daily. Remember, Sanderson Ford does not add any additional markups. None. Don't miss these home run deals with no hassle. Get to Sanderson Ford, 51st Avenue in Maryland, in Glendale. You'll thank me for that recommendation. Head on out to Mesa and bring Stephanie into the conversation. 
Same problem a lot of people are probably fighting with right now. How to get rid of a bunch of nasty weeds. Good morning, Stephanie. How? All right. Well, we'll give her a chance to come back to the phone in a minute. Let's go to Bill. No, and no, no. Eloy. There's Stephanie. Stephanie, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I had already flipped it over to Bill and You're Eloy. fast. <laughs> hey, we got airtime. Let's go. Bill, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Um, my question relates to uh, attic insulation. Love the topic. I have uh, a house, in, it was built in 2018, and the uh, contractor installed this uh, batting-type insulation on the rafters of the roof, and it has been detaching several different times and or leaking the insulation contents of the bats down onto the floor. And I'm trying to determine if I want to uh, just have that repaired for like would be the third time in four years or to uh, look at a, some other alternative for insulating my attic. Well, I'm having a hard time kind of visualizing this because the, there should be drywall on the ceiling. So how are you seeing the insulation itself? Well, if you go up in the attic, you know, you can see the rafters. Okay. And so then in between all of the rafters are these, uh, these bats. They're probably about, I don't know, maybe 10 inches in diameter. And it's up against. And they're filled with an insulating material. And it's up against the roof sheeting, not down on the floor. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> now, I mean, you done right and installed correctly, you know, now, that, there's nothing wrong with that type of system. Now, why is it coming down? I mean, there's no real air movement in the attic. There's not people traffic. You know, there, there's no reason these should be falling down after three or four years. No, no. The house was built in 18. You mentioned it's been serviced three separate times in that amount of in that window. Was it always by the contractor? that installed it originally? Yes. Okay. When was the last time they addressed it? Oh, well, it was when the house was still under warranty. So this house is four years old. So it was probably, uh, I don't know, 30 months ago. Oh, oh, well, here's why I ask. When you buy that brand new house, uh, it's really not a two-year warranty, but it's a two-year opportunity the registrar contractor gives you to uh, contact them about something you're concerned about, and they'll come out and inspect it. If 22 months into that new home, they come out and they fix that insulation, that part of the work is now extended another two years. And if you've got a concern in that two-year window about that particular product, you can then contact the registered contractors and the contractor's entitled to come back out. If we've gone beyond 24 months of when they've serviced it, you're not going to have opportunity to get them back out and service it for free. I would take a look at a different insulation contractor. There isn't any reason this should be failing. Done correctly, it's a permanent installation. And I could tell you, if I were you, uh, I'd call banker insulation. 
and have them send a representative out, crawl up in the attic, and they're either going to be able to tell you, look, we can, we can fix this. We, we can get this corrected and keep it up there. Or they're going to tell you, I'm, I'm sorry, but we've got to redo it completely. So there's, there's a, and, and the, what they've done there by insulating the roof rafters and the roof deck is create an environment in your attic that's actually very, very efficient. So I like the system they used. I wish I could tell you why it's failing the way it is. Sounds aggravating. Like- Sounds Aggravated. like it was a staple guy's last job of the day. Might, might he was something. He was he was ready to get home for happy hour. Something. something I'd be willing to bet there's one person out there that went bat insulation thinking you're talking about bats. <laughs> it's B A T T, correct? Yeah. And what is it? Fiberglass. It's the pink stuff that's rolled out. That you know they used to have the Pink Panther commercials. Owens Corning is a big uh, one of the big manufacturers. Okay, so it's squared out. It's not blown in. Right. In this application, okay. when he when he uses the term bats, it's usually glued to paper, and it's like he says, ten inches thick, and then the paper gets stapled. Uh, Got it against yeah. the bottom of the rafter. So, and if it's installed correctly, which it, takes time, and then it should be taped over that, which yeah. will hold it in place. And it may not have had the the um, oh, what do you call that the, the tape that SRP uses to pull wires through conduit mule mule tape. <clears throat> Should have mule tape about every sixteen to twenty-four inches, holding it all up in place. And a lot of times, that insulation's made to have drywall come behind it because it's on the ceiling, not the roof deck. So maybe what he used just didn't have the adhesive strong enough and didn't realize he needed the additional support. But if it's fiberglass is touching the wood studs and the sheet decking, and there's no airspace. That's almost as efficient as a, as a blown in. Hope, hope that helps, Bill. Keep us posted and let us know how it gets solved. It's very solvable, and I, I like that insulation system, so let's see what we can do to make it right. Let's go back to Stephanie and see if we can help her with her weed problem. one 767 That's one 888 for you if you'd like to join the conversation. Stephanie? Hi. Yeah, sorry, I'm in fries. Um, so I have these little sticker weeds in my grass, and I've tried every, like, spent $70 worth of weed killer. We have a little bit of grass, but not much, and I've tried that route also, but we're on a very tight budget right now, so I'm running out of options, and I cannot get these sticker weeds gone. They're the little ball ones that get stuck in the kids' socks. Mm-hmm. Well, and how big is the yard? Um, the yard is just like a mesa, right by Mesa High. It's I don't even know, um, probably like two, three cars worth of a yard at the most. Okay. Well, before we get to that, I, I got to know what's for dinner. <laughs> so I am making this recipe that I found online where you put chicken and pavano peppers inside of it um, with this cheese sauce on top. It's a new recipe. I've never made it. All right. Sounds good. Well, <clears throat> I'm sure for a meal like that, you could get a husband or a son to get a propane tank, five gallon, and get a weed dragon. They're probably less than 30 bucks, plus the propane tank and the cost to fill it. And then with the amount of rain we've had and as moist as everything is, it's a great time to burn. And it's not... Uh, and it'll burn up all those things. And it takes a little bit of time. Just walk around the yard. You can do it 
five minutes at a time between uh, commercial breaks and kickoffs and halftime and just do a little section at a time. And it, every one of my kids, when I start doing it, they ultimately come out and ask to. You Tom, you Tom Sawyer them, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I don't even. I just start burning. Like, can I try? And I hand it to them. Like, that's so satisfying. <laughs> you, can, you can see your progress as you go. You just burn it all up. And then at that point, you can go to a local nursery or hardware store and get a pre-emergent, put that down, and then stay on top of weeds ever coming back. Pre-emergent three or four times a year in a lawn area that's being sprinkled at the very least. Is this, this in the lawn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the lawn. Oh, Stephanie, you're doing this in the lawn? Yeah, uh, on the front yard lawn. Yeah. There is a tree in the middle of my yard, too, but that's about it. It's, I missed that it was that's in a okay. lawn. You don't uh, want to burn that. No, but Sorry. it still works. <laughs> it still works, I can tell you from experience. Um, and it's non-chemical. And you'll just locate the root ball base of where that little bullhead uh, uh, plant is growing and just ignite it. And you only have to have the burner on it for about three seconds. It's not like you have to burn it down to the ground. You just have to kill its uh, respiratory system. So just on each of those little bullhead uh, and then pre-emergent. And stay on it, pre-emergent, three or four times a year at least. Uh, and that, that's how you'll get rid of it. It won't happen overnight because as you burn these and the, and the weed dies, those little bullhead stickers are going to fall off and they're still going to be in the grass. But keep your healthy lawn, keep your pre-emergent on it, and over the process of about 9 to 12 months, it'll be exactly what you're looking for, exactly what you're hoping for. Jennifer Poblano chilies stuff inside chicken i'm i'm thinking we maybe need to keep her online and get that recipe sounds good to me (laughs) and if uh you know if you're going to do a winter lawn you could just burn the whole lawn itself (laughs) and the benefit to that is you can burn up those little uh root head goat head things you know burn burn all the thorns off of them boy they do hurt. just make sure you put a little uh, little yard marker on top of where the irrigation heads are so you don't burn those and then in, you know, about a three to four weeks, it's going to be time to seed and cover it with a... It's coming quick, uh, isn't it? You know, a, a seed covering if you do a winter lawn. And then that'll, you know, that'll have you a beautiful lawn all the way until May of next year. So, One of the things we're talking about here in this segment that we didn't get to because we had so many callers was uh, grill maintenance. Oh, our weekly to-do. Yeah, our weekly to-do. What, what do you, what do you, and it's one of those things you can do in a three-day weekend. Um, uh, uh, I, I know a lot of grill masters that when you open their grill, <clears throat> you, uh, you swallow kind of hard and you look at the condition of the grill and you, you wonder when was the last time that was cleaned? Um, they call it seasoning. <laughs> uh, that, that's just a well-seasoned barbecue grill. <laughs> but, uh, we just recently, that's, that's not true because I've, figured out finally i'm like why does my bread taste so weird well i stopped doing it on the grill because that seasoning does not do well on the bread you know i okay i used to it face down and toast a little bit oh yeah but i you eat it and it's like this doesn't taste like bread seasoning so i stopped is for doing cast- it in the oh. oven <laughs> seasonings for cast iron yeah that's right not for in grills. The oven <laughs> and it tastes like bread again okay well we recently retired a 45 year old barbecue in our backyard 
uh, it gave up the ghost. And uh, we got a brand it new It actually one. gave up the ghost at 40. Yeah, yeah, it gave up the ghost a few years ago. I was just being cheap and stubborn. Um, but we, we put a brand new one in there, and uh, it's not seasoned. It's completely sterile. It's completely clean. It's a pretty unit. And uh, I'm committed to taking those grates out on a regular basis and keeping them nice and cleaned up. And one of the things I've found that really helps is that Weber grill spray that's non-flammable so you can actually spray your grill while it's hot while the fire is on before you apply the meat that makes the cleanup after dinner so much easier that was really helped me a lot when i found that i'll have to try that uh i use an old trick that we found where you just take an onion yes slice half an onion do that but i'll have to try the weber spray What did we learn today at Rosie on the House? I will confess, Outdoor Living Hour convinced me to try to eat a date. I will try to eat a date. You don't like them? It's been about 40 years since I tried one, so maybe they taste different now. (laughs) I should like them because I love figs, but I haven't tried it in years. But the fact that it gives you that sustained energy, I'm going to have some. I'm going to try it, and I'm going to have them in in my uh, pocket when I got to go hike Humphrey's Peak again next week. So that'll be my little up-the-mountain snack. All right. And grown here locally in Arizona. That's right. Out of Yuma, they... Need the 100 days of 100-degree weather. And now, um, that. if you were a farmer and you had to grow a crop that, it, that needed 100 days of over 100 degrees, would you rather do that in Yuma or on the Mediterranean coast in Morocco? I've never been there, so I don't know <laughs> what it looks like. But the sound of it, you know... So you have the view of the Mediterranean Sea versus the view of the Colorado River. Figure that out. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't seen it, but... Uh, 100 degrees, 100 days in a row. No matter where you are, it's going to be warm, right? <laughs> That's going to be warm. One of the things we learned about the date culture in Yuma County. You wouldn't think you'd get 100 days in Morocco like that. Then the sea breeze doesn't cool it off. Do you not have a sea breeze over there? I've been to Gibraltar in Spain, but I've never been over the the water to uh, the the Moroccan side. I was going to go over there and buy leather, but the guy in Spain said, don't go over there and buy leather. Leather's much better here in Spain. (laughs) So so I bought bought that briefcase right there in in, in Nurha, Nurha, Spain. Well, that is a nice briefcase. So that's what we learned in the 8 o'clock hour. In the 9 o'clock hour, we talked a little bit about projects you can do yourself. And in the 10 o'clock hour, we talked about the barbecue and took a lot of calls. And one of the things you can do at Rosie on the House that you can't do anywhere else is register for an Arizona staycation. And where are we sending them this time? Uh, we'll be drawing on the 15th of the month to go to the Marinci Clifton area. That is a and cool corner of the it state. It is. You have to really love history. It's a little bit rustic. Um, some really cool, restored 
uh, hotels, there's Clifton, Clifton Hotels, very lovely. Um, a lot of abandoned kind of things where you get to see the kind of the feel of the old mining towns. And if you drive up the way, you can, there's a spot, of course, there's still an active mine. You, get, you can do a little self-guided tour where you look down in the pit. It's pretty amazing to see all that going on. And if you win, uh, I hope you'll call me. And I will give you GPS coordinates to one of the favorite places in all of Arizona. You will need a high-clearance four-wheel drive vehicle. But if you're in the clifton Marinci area, I'll give you one of Rosie's favorite, absolute favorite little hideaways in the state of Arizona. While we're on this topic of staycation, a winner, a uh, second-time winner, uh, I'm sorry, a, a winner who is going to Sedona this weekend asked me, Rosie, what are your favorite restaurants in Sedona? And I'm going to reach out to the I'm going to reach out to the listening audience. Y'all text us at uh, Rosie or, or email us at RosieOnTheHouse.com. We've got a traveler in Sedona this weekend wants to know where to eat in Sedona. I'll give you one. Heartline, okay. Heartline Cafe. Okay, Heartline Cafe. I will text her and let her know that. Well, going into Clifford Marenzi, that road on 70 from Globe to Safford, well, and even all the way to Marenzi, but that final. 30 miles into Safford, it's very surprising. You know, you, you just don't picture, but all along the river there, the farming community, and there's oh, a couple yeah. little meat shops that you can stop and get into. And uh, it's it's a very pretty, calm. I mean, it's like stepping back in time. Uh, just good old Americana. It, it, it absolutely is. And, and that Gila County area apparently was one of the, wetter of the monsoon event of all of Arizona. So Gila County got a great monsoon event. Well, they said we were going to have a more active than usual monsoon. And I don't I think that been came watching. It didn't come true for Maricopa yet, but it's not over. It's not over. I, I haven't been disappointed, though. We've no, had some good I mean, rain events. No, I think Nogales has the most rain of any community in Arizona. It's a, north of 15 inches. Holy love, cow. Gotta, gotta love 15 that. 15 inches? 15 Holy inches, baby. Mole. How about that? Yeah, I'm watching the rain gauges all over the state right now. It's just too bad that water shed doesn't come in any of our reservoirs. We don't get any advantage of that, do we? Maybe the Santa Cruz Someone River. Someone does. But... The Santa Cruz River does flow north. Yeah, but I right don't, Rio I don't Rico think from Nogales, do does it come to the Santa Cruz? Yeah, it's right there. Does it? I hope you all enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope you'll learn to uh, refer all your neighbors and newcomers to Arizona to rosieonthehouse.com. We will not rest in our diligence to protect you and inform you and make sure everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, the information you need lives at rosieonthehouse.com.